No, no, he was in um, Down Terrace as well. So I've still not, I've not seen Down Terrace, but I heard it's good. That's brilliant. Aye. You're telling me I can't even really be rational or this. <laughs> <laughs> I've got written here. Uh, there's, there's the dinner party scene, right? That's kind of reasonable at the beginning of the movie, and my note is I'm just waiting for something to happen. See, I loved it. There's dialogue and there's the big argument, and he totally like tries to magician the uh, play when he when he has a hissy fit and that, but. I'm like, I don't know what's happening. I think it's was brilliant because it's actually making them feel like real people. It's like all uh, its social realist aspect. Yeah. So it's just like, I thought it started off really uncomfortable because you've got like, domestic. So there's like tension in this match and right away you're thinking, this isn't a happy film. Yeah. And then I thought like the, it was good for just making it so like a real life family. You do kind of idea, it is quite awkward because you imagine sitting at that table if you're the pal that's like, the, the Irish guy yeah, Michael Smell if you're still sitting at the table while he's going on his wife and I actually thought he was going to belt his wife to the beginning of the start I, and I thought I, he was going to step there's in there's something really off-putting like when you used to hear your mum and dad do that shouting at each other and you'd be like oh shit there was something really off-putting about that but how natural and real, real it felt it's like, I thought there was like, tension all through it it's like this is going to kick off right. at any time especially because Neil Haskell I think is the He's the real man's dire, Danny Dyer. Yeah. He, he, he plays it. He's like, he doesn't look like a hard man, but he plays a hard man. Like, underneath the surface, you know, he that guy will fucking kill you it's if like, he wants to. It's like, uh, he's, not putting up, he's not bragging, he's a silent Aye. bomb waiting to go off. Whereas Danny Dyer's like, ah, I'm with Glasgow's hardest guy. Like, no, you're not. You're a lying yeah. wee bastard. It was, it was Danny Dyer's, like, understated sidekick in Football Factory, when he's a much better Aye. And he looks much harder. I, I thought it was brilliant in this. It was. It was written for him, wasn't it? Yeah, it, was, it brought me in mind. Like the, his friends with Wheatley just through him shooting some commercials like back in the day or something like that. I think that's what made it feel. Well, what I've got is that the cast kind of helped write a lot of the dialogue, which then obviously helped it the same as you said, feel natural, natural and actually feel like shit. This stuff's really happened. Especially it started off not slow because stuff was happening but in a way that you're going where is this going well, it kind of, it's almost like three movies in one if you think about the beginning you've got like this drama of this guy like trying to adjust to life after being in the army like post-traumatic stress and whatever else then you've got the middle part like when he's there's going on the kind of job that he's used to and then you've got the end which we'll get to which is <laughs> completely left on that came out of when I was watching it um, <laughs> but see when he goes to, they go to take this final job uh, <laughs> fucking a blood oath <laughs> are they 12 years old, man? It's like this guy cuts, cuts his, his hand on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stuck at this guy. That's, that's Alan, that's the car clown thing. The 12 will take blood oaths round the back of the time capsule. That's why I'll meet you down the shop tonight. Will you definitely come? <laughs> Shake one. Hey, I tell you what, that, that cut in that hand would require more than just a wee wash under a tap. That was a fucking point where chopped his hand off, man. I admit, he, can, he was convincing in that, oh, this fucking hurts. I'm going to bandage yourself. I don't think so, because he washes it off and he's like, oh no, oh no. And he later on he's pumping paracetamol. I'm like, fuck his hell, man. That's so, See me watch that scene really close, though. That gives the movie away. Like you wouldn't notice it right away. I've only picked up because I watch it constantly. But if you actually watch that scene, see if you look at the file, that gives away a lot. Right. Yep. Because it's got the symbol. Ah yes, yeah. the symbol that uh, gets written in at the yeah. end of the house party, isn't it? With the yeah. That's why you're here. <laughs> but there's there's not really many spoilers. It's why the movies you already know there's something bad happening at all times yeah. anyway. And uh, see the the front cover of the DVD now obviously has got uh, the kind of the cult symbol, satanic symbol. But I still the whole way through it, 
I knew all the hype, I knew everybody was, this is the best movie ever, it's brilliant. And watching it, I still didn't have a fucking clue where it was going. Until the third quarter, I went, what? I would never have guessed this. This, <coughs> this genuinely, no, didn't they? Complete new realization. Aye. I thought it was going one way, and it just there's smacked me in the so face. basically when when they get this job to go and be be hitmen again, like the last job, like to set them up or whatever, and it tells you it leads them in with who they're going to kill. And the first guy's a priest, and then like the like the boys, he's like tells him to turn away and no look at me, says thank you, and he shoots him. And they're like, why just say thank you? I don't know. They go to the next guy at librarian. They're in this guy's house. It turns out that he's some kind of pedo that he's looking at like like DVDs of what sounded like babies getting. So it's horrible, but you don't see it, but it's only like, not so much babies. Well, it sounded like it, but like um, it was uh, snuff movies. Ah, yeah, it, right? So it was a horrible movie anyway. So that, I thought it was a pedo. So they get in and they, they, they kick his head in in the, in the house, but they're going around touching everything. They just don't give a, they've got fingerprints everywhere. I mean, surely if they're supposed to be expert hitmen, they don't really care. T- he's touching everything with his fingers. Are they wearing gloves? No. All right. So that annoyed me. <laughs> However, when he does the uh, librarian in with a hammer, I've got three ticks. That's so good. The fact that the camera doesn't flinch, it's like right there. I just watch it. It's like, see when they've done done his head in? Like, I'm watching it thinking, I couldn't see where they maybe changed between the actual actor to a body, and I don't think they did. I think they had it set up some way that the actor was actually underneath that. that I'm assuming they used a real pedo. (laughs) 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 The one that used to groom me as a child. They found him. <laughs> hey, I've got um, written down here this movie is enjoyable but I'm struggling with notes and then straight after that I had to go on with uh, so this movie is now The Wicker Man <laughs> like that chunk comes out in fucking nowhere well, that's what it is it's like a movie like three parts that are really ident- identifiable you know, it's basically like you know you see how it all interconnects because like you know it gets cursed at the dinner party I mean she writes she, it in the back of the mirror she vandalises his mother she probably didn't pay for it either <laughs> <laughs> and then like you know the rabbit was obviously part of a spell like you know he, knowing that he's cause he's fat he's going to eat the rabbit <laughs> then you know he's completely cursed so the entire film is about him like closing his humanity basically he's already been cursed but to take the blood that's obviously you know a blood pack like an initiation or something yep. I'd love to see the world through your eyes <laughs> that's quite, no. he's obviously fat so he knows when he's going to rabbit <laughs> but no it's like when you actually watch it you think this is three movies in months but you can actually see how it's all interconnected did it come after multiple watches though or is that just the way uh, you viewed it because I did no, not get that at it all. took me three watches to start actually noticing that this is all connected because the first time I'm watching it after the first time I watched it you know I didn't go back to it for a few months and I watched it and I'm thinking I didn't even remember like, all these thank you moments right. which you can tell now though like you know he's like give them she's took the tissue like marked them they've took the job they've already been like you know chosen because it, like, they knew what was happening to him like when he was at war like you know they found that incident they don't talk about Yeah. so it's clearly been that he's been chosen because of this incident because he's like no volatile he's garden and needs somebody that's easy to like possess basically yeah. so like you know she's I, she's like sent that woman you know to shag Michael Smiley like girl you know <laughs> to get to him because like he's the one that they want and you know like they've put the spell on him and then it's gradually him losing his humanity to like I don't know what it is to become what like, he's definitely their vessel I don't know where it's to like you know 
give her a baby or whatever because that was what some of the theories on I have said yeah. that you know because she's like, when he's in the hotel and he looks out the window and she's like stunned on the motorway like. you can tell why we are now the third best thing that's happened to you in your life because <laughs> you have too much fucking time <laughs> see how at the end part when they, where they watch the uh, the cult come out the woods and that and then they, they, hang, they, they hang the girl her getting hung acting is shit like she's like, like this <laughs> Like, it's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you could see that, but I just reenacted a really, really good impression of her. But really, in the middle of a pub in Glasgow. <laughs> <laughs> I just like the bibs. <laughs> well, what about the beer bangers? Oh, the beer bangers, like you know, the big old <laughs> cocks. <laughs> I've, I've written. I've got Came written for Ben Wheatley stayed for the beer bangers. <laughs> every every episode that we do has a movie that's got beer bangers in it. Tell you that new fan that we got on Twitter the day for Korea, he's got to love this movie. We, just, season. we just like cocks. <laughs> uh, see, do you know how many runs back? Kieran Fisher's opinions do not <laughs> represent those of Scotland versus Evil. <laughs> Do you know, you know how when they go back to the cottage and he runs in, there's a note taped to the door. I didn't see the, the, what that said, but I couldn't, I didn't know if I missed a scene that was that showed you what that said. Did you just notice that? It's on the knocker and it's a, a note taped, and it made me think of when uh, Michael Smiley said that the bird taped a note to his dick in the morning. I didn't think of that. That's a note point. or what is that? Because I couldn't see it in the scene I've seen, but, so I don't know if it was. Um, I'd, I'd actually notice the note in the no, door, no, but that's probably a good point. It's probably partly like, you know, the whatever spelled up and then. Yeah. <laughs> is that John Cena's music? <laughs> but yeah, like the, the, like the whole I hope film. I might pick that up. <laughs> but that probably is related to that. Because like everything in the film actually connects in some way. You know, pick up. I didn't actually notice the knot in the door though. Right. Watch this. I've, got, uh, I've got a theory for you, right? Because then you get the third, the third kill is the hunchback, is when they put him in at the middle of the ring and make him fight this hunchback mm-hmm. that uh, turns out to it. And he, here's the spoiler. Turns out to be his uh, wife with his kid on his back. This movie is a Serbian film. I was right, wanting to make that point. Aye. I was waiting I, to make I that think point. That's that exactly was a, right. that was a worry who got there first because mm. I all three years had down Aye. Serbian film. It's, it's, a, it's it a, the one last job to, to end all jobs. And the brutality. Kills his family. <laughs> what, I, what I thought was newborn porn when he watched it in, in the thing, and then unaware that he's doing any son. Yeah, and, and, and it's just and what way he does his son uh, is different in the movies and I think they were so coincidental because like Kill Us like, was already like in like you know production when a Serbian film came out mm. but you know it definitely is like the same idea it's, it is, it's, it's the same idea the only thing is it's probably as much as I found Kill Us like kind of hard to understand and difficult at times it was um, it's a less it's less shocking it's more mainstream than, um, than I don't think it needs to try too hard here to yeah. be able to show. A Serbian film is like really just trying to yeah. be controversial. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed uh, Kill List, I thought it was brilliant. But Serbian, the Kill List, when he was in kind of fighting, I thought that's the way in his back. I kind of guessed it yeah. because I knew, it, well, I didn't know where it was going, but when the third bit comes in, yeah. you're like, yeah, right, I know where this is going to head now. I kind of seen that with a Serbian film. That got me with a complete surprise. I had no idea that uh, was going I was, to be. I was completely switched off by the time the end of the Serbian film came out. I was just like, oh, what are you got to do now? Oh, very good, very good. Oh, I didn't know if I was enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't know what was coming next, but so, I was ready. <laughs> you were. <laughs> like, the only scene in that film that made me cringe was see when they, like, they, they pulled up the sheet. Oh, he sees the wee arse they put some well <laughs> and, and then all the comes around the leg. That was the only scene that made me cringe. Until I just thought, 
This is fucking sexy. <laughs> this is the only this podcast has ever made me cringe as hell. Right, kill, kill this. I'm going to give it um, seven creepy wickerman cults out of ten. Seven creepy wickerman cults? Yes. I'm going to give it nine. It's like ten for me. Straight ten for Kieran. Straight ten. Um, I knew yeah. I knew I knew it would be. Yeah. That's it, we brought you in for the first yeah. time. <laughs> this right. might be a regular on this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next movie we're going to talk about is Sightseers, uh, another one from Ben Wheatley uh, from 2012. Um, it was written by uh, Alicia Lowe and Steve Oram. So, what do you think of it? Oh, well, I love it. This kind of reminds me of Nuts in May, see the Mike Lee Caravan film from the 80s. I've never seen that. Yeah, well, it's the type of film you could have seen it probably, <laughs> but it's like that, mixed with natural born killers. <laughs> it's probably quite a good explanation. <laughs> it's got, like, if you start and for the start, like, you get this the first. I don't look like I was telling you earlier on when I first watched it, I watched it and put the commentary on by accident. Or on purpose, but then thought um, I should probably watch the movie first. Couldn't get the commentary after, so I had to listen to the commentary all the way through it. Uh, it didn't really give me any insight other than a wee bit of fact about the carapod. But other than that, um, can I wait for that wee fact? <laughs> the, uh, our, our, the psycho mother, do you not think she was a bit kind of like Norman Bates and his mum? Like when you go back to the Bates Motel, like it's an overprotective, overbearing woman, she's combing her hair and everything, like what are doing, and she's literally, when you see her, like outwards, She's totally childlike in the way that she had this yeah, last year. It's, it's, like it's, it's to build that up though, it's to make you feel that this is this is a slight simple. It's, yeah. uh, the woman is. To the unshapely jeans to the just like completely woeful. I think it's also like, you know, make it believable why she'd want to run away with this guy who later turns out to be like an unsociable character. <laughs> But at the start, you think it's just a nice guy. It's just I, down here. Just a nice, beautiful, bearded man. Like, like wants to go to the pencil museum, <laughs> <laughs> the tram museum. <clears throat> but when they go to the tram museum and they're on this that we talked about earlier on, uh, Tony Way, you were saying that it was like that wee fact yeah. there when he drops the Canetto rapper, and it's all a wee probably like we nods of the head to Edgar Wright in the you know, because he produced it, uh, and also he made the Canetto trilogy. Uh, but Tony Way, and I had looked to see where he was in. He was in High Rise. Uh, he was in yeah. Game of Thrones as well, but he was also in Space, and he's also in a TV show called Titty Bang Bang. <laughs> which, uh, oh, I know Titty Bang Bang well. <laughs> Tony Way's chubby guy with like the um, my old moustache. Uh, so he's in Down Terrace as well. Yeah. He's a regular. I, I think he's to us. I think he's a regular on anything British. Yep. Yeah. He's got one of the faces that you just go. What's that yeah. guy? So British guys just show up at everybody's thing because we've got a bit like. Ten notable <laughs> actors, you know that are not big Hollywood guys. See, I think it's just Britain. If you were like creating a fight in a wrestling game, you've got ten faces in Britain, <laughs> and it's one of the ten. <laughs> you just put the question mark on and just random through. Unless you're like Keira Knight or Tom Hiddleston, so, you know somebody everybody wants to shag you. Just got to show up. See when she's in the car and she's writing the uh, the postcard to her mum. And how she's not coming home and Yorkshire's really nice and everybody smiles and they, are, like, they do have her pasta sauce she's I, God, I can't remember what she writes she writes something ridiculous and it just shows her leaving the constraints in London she's just literally just saying no nah, fuck you I'm out of here but it kind of goes to like she's completely goes so quick from um, mum I'm uh, just going to knit my wee clothes and I'm going to uh, sit about the house and do whatever you say to uh, 
I'm going to shit on you for like totally like she wants to shit on somebody all the time that's written in so many times oh no and she says that's what she writes in the postcard to her mum Chris is a really gentle lovemaker he's a really tender lovemaker you think that's no she wouldn't have said that to her mum so that's her leaving the constraints and then literally like two scenes later she's what shitting him <laughs> yeah, I mean, like well, she, she jumps pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I think maybe like it's like you know, where mum she said like this like life where she's been like, sheltered, held back, and then like as soon as she leaves, that's her being who she really is. Aye. She like you know turns into like she wants to shit. <laughs> she likes it up the bum, you know, and she wants to, you know. Which usually she, go hand in hand. Yep. <laughs> and she turns into a bit of a mild. Lunatic. <laughs> she also, uh, she, uh, she also uh, knits her own uh, lovely uh, undergarments. Did you see the uh, lovely knitted uh, bra and crotchless pants that she puts on? <laughs> I see nothing wrong with them. Did you see the uh, sign at the campsite when uh, he comes out the toilet? If it's yellow, let it mellow. If it's brown, flush it down. <laughs> Disgusting. It's weird things. I, the thing I liked about the two of them was that the, the romance was kind of really low key. So they were driving the caravan and you thought these two folk don't know each other and he's like, Oh mint me. She gives him a mint and that's meant to be a kinda of signy how close they are. And I noticed that a tainted love comes on the radio. And it's <laughs> as if it's like such a comparison where ah, this isn't a tainted love, this is fuck this is a old English caravan. It's not real love, it's like old people. <laughs> and then shit hits a fan and it goes a bit right. a bit wild. There's some good uh, quotes in it. See when they go and, uh, when they go to the campsite and they meet the, the completely smug couple who um, who have got the fancier caravan, and uh, she tries to give the crisp to the dog. Oh, cheap crisps are full of horrors. A part of that was ad libbed as well. That was uh, just dropped in. That's like one of the main themes in the film because it came out about you know a time like the Blender recession as well. I feel these films have this about you know they're quite responses to recession, but like. They were obviously you know, of a lower class, working class, and everybody in this film that encounter is you know of wealth or higher prestige, and like you know they just don't mingle with them whatsoever. Aye. And I think that is why the themes of the film it's like you know kind of the balance in class, like you know the build the war to, between to them. To show you, there's such a difference. What the Gulf class, like there's a war between there. I guess so. You know when they like he's a guy, he's like. He's not even a real person. He's a daily mail reader. <laughs> when the university's over, uh, Tony Wayne, it's Aye. like, oh, he's just ruined the tram museum for me. <laughs> and that's what I felt last time I went to the tram museum. <laughs> and, uh, when, he, when he does uh, get the guy, uh, it's, it's brilliant. And I, was try- I can't even do the accent. I've tried to, do it. I've tried to practice it for a camera, but it doesn't work. When he does the guy in, in the, uh, the field for for them no picking up the, the Daily Mail reader because then they pick up the dog shit. And it's like, uh, oh, I kind of, I kind of have my accent. Uh, <coughs> Report that to the... Ah, oh, fuck this, man. Report that to National Trust Me. I thought that's a cracking line, isn't it? It's, 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 it's good. No, I want you to do it in the accent. What is a Birmingham accent again? Report that to... Ah, oh, fuck this, man. I can't do it. You're close. Report that to the National Trust Me. <laughs> it's actually quite that was, that's, that's good. That's, that's where it was, and, it was, and it's quite funny. Um, but do you remember the scene where, uh, obviously, so the smug guy, he kills the smug guy up on the cliff and then steals his dog and his camera. Mm-hmm. But you know when she's looking through the camera and she's like, uh, this is not my vagina! <laughs> <laughs> and then she goes, uh, and then he looks at it, but then why does he not say, like, okay, he's not going to admit that he's killed the guy straight away, but why does he try and say that he went to a wedding with Ian and Janice or that he has slept with Janice? Why did he... Why did he not just like come up with a better idea? And that whole scene is so annoying because she jumps all over the place. She's just ridiculously annoying. 
Oh, you shaking Genesis? Are you shaking Eden Genesis? Are you shaking Genesis at the moment? You gay? I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake, man, that's just so badly written. I didn't like it, that scene. I hated that scene. <laughs> <laughs> Scotch rants. You know how, you know how when they, um, they had sex in the caravan? Uh, <laughs> Insert rant. Oh, no, I, I, I've got here. She says, uh, when they're having sex in the caravan, and she goes, oh, that's just how I imagined it. Well, there was a like, scene earlier on where they had sex in a lay-by. When all the, on the, all the guys for the snack man were trying to look in the windies. So what she just imagined, what are they doing different? Up the <laughs> Maybe. It was just a lot of time to think, you know, while she was knitting her laws. <laughs> the, uh, that's, that, that's the scene where the, the, Doug, the Doug licks his, licks his bumhole. And apparently how they'd done that was, um, it was two scenes, it was superimposed. If somebody had like peanut butter on their hand and they made the Doug come and lick it and then they put that over the top of the, the bumhole over the top so he didn't actually have the Doug lick the guy's asshole. We know something that happened to. I won't say any names, <laughs> I'll tell you after. Right. But you know somebody that was having having sexual intercourse with his girlfriend and the dog came in and licked his arse. <laughs> I don't know if he told him to stop. Why would you? See when I tell you who the guy is, <laughs> you'll be like... Well, I was kind of... Th- when you started telling that story, I was expecting you to say that it was a uh, fish. <laughs> is it, <Perry>? is it <laughs> you? <laughs> <laughs> We're just naming names here. It's none of the people that have been named, but it was someone... But it turns out that because of that story, I seen that scene and went, oh, that's so realistic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm now on board with this movie because I know someone whose dog came in and licked his ass. <laughs> That's all I've got to say about sexes. <laughs> right, I've got a question. Same as girls, the bride. Why the fuck does the bride walk so far away from the, the, the place to have a fag? She could go to the door and have a fag. She walks about 20 minutes. She doesn't want like, her family to know. Her just seen what she was going up to in her head night. I don't think they're going to bother that she's having a cigarette. Well, there's some things like, you know, go up to stuff in your head night, but you don't want them to talk about your health. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> See, uh, right, what I was going to say about the carapod thing, you know how when the boy turns up that it becomes his best pal? who's invented this carapod that it's like a wee kind of... built this fagged up so much that this bear it's not, no, it's, not good, it's not a good fact. You know how the scene where uh, after he meets him he walks away and the boy tries to climb in it and it comes loose and it rolls down the hill? Mm. That was a, a complete accident. Really? Uh, that's not that interesting a fact, but that's <laughs> really all the fact. That's all they said in the comments, yeah, I don't know when it is. <laughs> oh, you built that up too much. But here's a, here's a fact that's genuine. Uh, you know how the pencil museum they were at? I think I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, I think when I was like eight years old. No, when I was like eight years old, I'm sure my dad took me. We went on a, some probably a caravan holiday, and I'm sure we went to the pencil museum. I genuinely remember. Going, I mean, it's not something you forget. How many pencil museums is there? It must be only one. 924. In Britain alone. Up and down the UK. Right, really? Because we're a lead country, aren't we? So. As well, you've been sure they'd give you a pencil to write a poster or something. <laughs> <laughs> Did he any sort of not tourist anymore, how, how long does how long do you keep stuff after the museum? Because that would have been 22 years How long would that have been ago? 12 years ago? I went to a pencil museum and I'd keep ago. it in my wallet. <laughs> not my wallet, in my pocket. Did they have a pocket on his eight? Oh, you've got a pencil on. See why, if you both think you've been there with you probably were. I mean, it's why the things you don't be all start remembering when you're 16 or something. <laughs> 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 that was the, I think, back about the time where I was groomed. <laughs> you think about a pencil museum that you may or may not have went to. You're thinking about getting penciled after. You don't We had different... Different ways of life. <laughs> the Prince and the Pauper. <laughs> <laughs> the Pedo and the Pencil Museum. <laughs> Please write that children's book. <laughs> <laughs> Just a ladyward book. <laughs> oh. we, di- we digress. You know how, you know how in the uh, caravan where she's... Uh, where 
she's going mental at Martin. Well, she's she's being sexy to Martin because she's jealous that they're friends. Where the two guys are friends. And he goes back out and he says um, he was talking dirty to me. Why doesn't Martin just say uh, no, wasn't he? Because <laughs> he just sits there and just doesn't say anything. Or she says, uh, he says, he says he wants to, um, he said he wants to shit in my mouth and in my underwear, and he wants to shit in my hand and maybe use it as a brown lipstick. <laughs> <laughs> this girl's obsessed with shit, man. That's why he films it does abandon some logic quite often. Yeah. Because when she thinks he's been cheating on him, it's no much of an issue all after either. You know, it's kind of yeah. rushed under the rug because yeah. he's a serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> You know how when she goes out to, to fix the problem with Martin and rolls him off the cliff, I don't think that would have killed him. I think it would. I don't oh. think it would have killed him. You should try this after this podcast. Maybe no, <laughs> maybe little bones. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> See that that's just that's just uh, looking too too deep into it because you're not you're not told that he's got brittle bones, and uh, I don't believe that would have killed him. So I, I'm not on board. I think it would have. I don't think it would have. He falls about if you bash 10 it, feet. Aye, but if you bash your head in the He's rock. in his carapod thing, and okay, he may have hurt himself, but I just don't think it would have killed him. How well secure is a carapod? I just don't think it would have killed him. Need to show me a catalogue. They didn't have that much money to make it either, so I think they were just hoping that people thought maybe it'd kill him. They, I can oh, I can imagine that it would only take, they only could do that once because they only had one carapod, so when they roll off the cliff, that's how it goes. But if he didn't mean to do it. Rolled further and further and further down the hill. I think it probably still killed him. No, I don't think so. I think that's a minor point I don't in an otherwise no. great movie. I, I think you're the only person that's actually brought up in town. Right. What do you think of this? At the end of the movie, okay, here's the big, the kind of, well, we've spoiled me the movie, but spoiler um, They go to the, the big kind of, was it a viaduct thing? Was that what you called it? Big yeah, bridge? Yeah. And they go on the, they eventually go and see it, go on the top of it, uh, and then go to jump off it. Uh, and then she lets him jump off. And they want to do a suicide pact together. Yeah. But if you remember, she pitched the idea of dying first, and he was like, nah. Because she said it in that restaurant, she says we could, I don't know if she said we should just die, and he's like, ah, oh, come on, that's crazy. And then he's obviously gotten bored with it, because then he's wrote it in his wee journal. But there's a point in the movie, and I really thought to write this down, there's a point in the movie where you actually see, she's like the, he's like the lead serial killer right through this movie, you think he's doing all the killing, but there's actually a point in the movie where she does something, and it changes and it's actually her that's the main cycle like through it mm-hmm. and she's had that plant and she knew she was going to let him jump off and then probably essentially means that she'll blame the whole thing on him and get away scot-free uh, there is something that happens and I really forgot to write it down but um, she it's you can see it and I, I think it's on purpose and it changes her character completely from the innocent to the completely I like that ending I, 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 like, no, I, I, I no. like the ending I like the ending I really like the ending no, I've seen through the movie there's a time where no. she changes from being innocent to being yeah. no, I think yeah I should say I'm gradually like, she turns out to be like, the worst it to them basically uh, I think that was the point though because he's so easy to say that this guy's a bit bad mm-hmm. you know, he's not right he's killing for but no she's definitely the you know, her whole character arc is just gradually been a manipulative psychotic cat. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and it's probably just a complete response of being manipulated by her mum for her whole life that she's literally just taken on this personality disordered life and just uh, I've got some quotes uh, from Lauren because we watched this together last night uh, the first one is everything about this film angers me <laughs> and the second one is it's vile <laughs> she did not like this movie <laughs> is Lauren what a Serbian film? Sure. Uh, she did die short August underground modern <laughs> What's that like? It's just really fucked up, man. <laughs> but you see, everything you could possibly put sh- like short people, like brother and sister shagging and shagging <laughs> a baby. <laughs> ha! One of those movies. One of those uh, one movies. Of those. 
I'll give I'm going to give six years of that uh, and six stolen dogs out of seven, eight or ten I'll let you go first. I, I actually give six years at seven. I really enjoy it, but it's not in the part of these other films for me. Peer pressure, I'll give it a seven as well. <laughs> I enjoy it, I did enjoy it. I really liked the kind of just the black, I like black comedies. Aye, I liked it. It was, it was all right. It's a good throw black comedy, I think, you know. It's his most humorous film as well, yeah. you look at it. It's like, he lightened up a wee bit after the misery he <laughs> see, I see, I seen this before Kill Us, so it was just oh, the guy's good, and I seen Kill Us, and I thought, oh no, that it, it kind of blows sight years away, mm. but as a standalone movie, sight years. See, and this was enjoyed. my point that was coming in earlier. And I was thinking, is like, what makes it a director's movie? Like, um, the the two main characters wrote the story, so they created the characters and knew what the characters were supposed to be like. So, what makes it a Ben Wheatley movie? Well, depends how you bring it to life, I suppose. But I don't like that whole thing, like. Ben Beatle does it a Ben Beatle film but films are collaborative uh-huh. you know like, and it shouldn't people are obviously attracted to the brand of the director but it's not just his movie everybody's contributed yeah. so because the editors have a, a big deal in it you can yeah. completely change and it's it's his wife Amy Jump that edits most of these films uh-huh. like they do it there and she, does she not have a bit of writing in she, Sightseers as well? She, no, she did write Sightseers. Um, that was the people that started it, right? Uh, the two's, the two's I mean, she, yeah. she wrote Kill List, I feel, in England, and uh, she adapted High Rise and stuff. Aye, okay. she, she's his main collaborator. The only ones that she didn't write on was Sightseers and um, Down to Earth. Yeah. So I feel like um, seeing like, director's point of views is, is kind of like a good thing. You're like, talking to you like... Eli Ross movies again, like because the ca- uh, Cabin View remakes came out, and a lot of folk were went like annoyed about this on, on like online, just saying, "Oh, why remake movies that are really good?" But they had the idea that I'd read that it was his friend who's a filmmaker who has been given the original script to take his take on it, and I thought this is going to be really, really cool to see how a movie can be different but working for the same source material. But then I seen the trailer, and it just looks as if it's the exact same movie again. So I don't, I, I seen don't know the movie about that. Can't even say it was bad. It was just the same. The same, apart from the, you know, the switched um, sheriff was a day, where yeah, like a, a girl. It was the same thing, it was professionally made and it was watchable, but I mean, you'd think I actually like, paid to watch it. I was like, I already bought the DVD and I want my money back. I'd like to get a watch, but like, after that trailer, I've not no got such hope. I'm for remakes, but at least yeah. try something else. Cabin Fever's laddie stories that you can put anywhere, Aye. put them in space. Yeah, yeah, still <laughs> cabin fever in space now that's the movie well you I do it every see. horse Jason I, X what? I, I just hope it's why they think I hope it does well I don't know how I think it bombed completely but I like, didn't know it was out yet you know, I think I just want it to like you know do well to keep that series going because you can do a lot with the idea uh, did you watch Patient Zero I, 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 it was a bit bland I, thought, I think the second one's amazing it's fun aye, aye. that was a bit bland I mean when you're thinking Sean Aston, you were like, you know, you were a hero a few years ago. Yeah, like, yeah. like, you know, saving the world and feel like dark cunt. <laughs> <laughs> and do like it. a good synopsis. <laughs> synopsis of the Lord of the Rings. That's why I apologise for the background noise because people just seem to walk around Towards us. us. That's, that's the appeal we've got. Right, do I pause uh, it and I'll go to the bar? Okay. Right, I need a pee. That is. We've moved across the pub to. Um, it was really loud a minute ago, and it was really quiet. <laughs> Very on edge. Uh, moved across the pub because it was It'll a bit loud over there. The um, <laughs> one more movie to discuss, and this one is a field in England, and it was from 2013. It was in black and white, and I've never sold in black and white films, especially if they don't need to be. 
<laughs> like I really find it difficult to watch clips because of that very reason. But once again, colour is overrated. <laughs> yep. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think of this? Or in fact, more importantly, uh, do you understand this movie? Mildly, it's a masterpiece, a sensory masterpiece. It's no get any narrative cohesion, but you know, it's got visceral chills. I've watched it twice, <laughs> maybe three times, probably just twice. And I still don't have a fucking clue what's going on. I watched it once and I was having to do the ironing. I, I never do the ironing, and not because I'm sexist, because. <laughs> me, me and Lauren can yeah, not because you're sexist. We, we mix up the chores and stuff, and uh, she does the ironing because she's better at it. <laughs> like, I, like, I genuinely physically hate ironing. So, I've, I've, by association, this movie is ironing to me, and I fucking hate it. <laughs> Did you see that with your wrinkly t shirt? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I've wrote that I'm thinking is this movie a comedy a black comedy and then I realised that one of the guys for League of Gentlemen's in it and I hate them as well so I, I hated League of Gentlemen when I first watched it but Lena uh, it's actually her dad gave me DVDs and went oh you really like this <laughs> and I genuinely think it's fucking brilliant I've never seen it it's really? just ever uh, I never I, I seen never it even, no I don't think I've even watched it either but I never gave it the time of day I liked the other one who done Psychoville I thought it was really good Gentleman's better. Uh, whoa. Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> whoa! Stop right there. Intrigued. Oh, I see. So, when you actually, I watched it in a winner because it came up on Netflix. And Leia's dad said, said Leia, Liam will really enjoy this. I thought it was brilliant. Oh, I said, really, really enjoyed it. I did. I was watching this recently, though, and it made me think like, I want to see League of Gentlemen. Because I can't remember what film, it was another release, and they'd done commentaries over it that I've got, and they were really good, really? you know. Oh, everything they do is just like, a wee nod to something. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I probably think I'd appreciate it now that I've, you know, spent like, the last like, 10 years like, watching horror <laughs> and not dating women. <laughs> <laughs> See, there were was, was some good quotes in this movie, right? And there's one that like they said, uh, while we live in fear of hell, we have it. I don't know if that's like a, a profound quote for like some kind of philosopher or the Bible or something, or if it's from just only this movie, but I thought that was quite good. Well, you fear hell, you're in it. Like, well, that's what the scariest thing is is the fear I thought it was a bit of a nod as well you know how the plot turned out it was as if they were stuck in purgatory uh-huh. so I think I could have a wee nod to that is that, yeah. like, is that, is that what it's about because it kind of I well, suppose that's kind of like this is how it was like you can interpret it here like because they took the mushrooms they're tripping out their bulbs but apparently like um, this was an like old English folklore like you could stumble into a mushroom field and you would be trapped there it was like get that in our like, you know, kind of dimension and the only way you could get out is if like, four men with a rope like, pulled you out, like you grabbed the rope. So you'd be in the like, mushroom field for like, you know, could be weeks or months or whatever, but in like, real time it would be like, settings. So that's kind of what the movie's about, would like, have stumbled into a mushroom field. So there, was, there was rope a couple of times, there was yep. like, at least two scenes that I can remember of somebody yep. getting pulled back with a rope. Yep. And then, so we assuming like the, and then at the end of the movie when the, is it like a gentleman guy ends up walking out, um, he's just straight back to the fighting like as if he's never been away yep so yep. It's a, like a wee for seconds really yeah I mean you wouldn't you, to be fair though it seemed like you were a historic scholar you would never know that piece of yeah. intelligence I only knew it because I generally go what the fuck is this movie about yeah. but that, apparently that's what it is and you know Ben Waitley he's got a knack for like never giving you any exposition or explanation yeah. at all but like Kill Whisk no exposition but 
you would not know a mushroom field. You, like, you didn't get taught that in school. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, but I like that. It, it's scary, see when you've got no explanation, see when uh, you don't know what it is. That's scary. That's what's good about it. Like, I love that way you just get thrust out of this environment, you don't know what's happened, and that's you. That's that experience, and then you're out. The, everything, all these movies seem to now know that. It's all kind of rural England, isn't it? It's all yep. very. <laughs> The Wicker Man, it's all very old yeah. stuff. I've never thought about that. It's, it's very all... interesting. <laughs> 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 but he bases all like, you know, like, English traditions. Like, Kill List was like the cult, and it were like, I suppose like, he, didn't, yeah, he didn't actually know what they were supposed to be, he just put a cult. But it's based because, you know, like um, all the like, druid symbols that you yeah. still find in England. Like, you could actually go out of woods in England or whatever and still see like old stones that are from what like, you know, cults for like, back in the day. Like druids and religions and things like that, so he's based all of his films around that. It's quite interesting. I've got down here, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm listening to the scene, I'm like, who the fuck is screaming and why are they doing so? Like, I was going on for fucking ages. We Shearsmith, was it not? The but then he comes out acting as if he's had a lobotomy and then just See, starts running. Well, he's he's been now um, like subject of alchemy. You know, so, uh, that's one of the themes of the film, I think. See, like, religion versus science. You think maybe it's got the supernatural element that could be magic, but it's generally you know these guys are all like, you know, living like archaic religious they talk times. They about planets, don't they? Like yeah. above their heads and the stars and stuff, and yeah. it's like science or religion because yeah. the universe is bigger than God could ever be. Yeah, and then like you've got Michael Smiley's character, who's basically like a religious rebel who's discovered science, and he's when he's in, like, you know, to find treasure because mm. that's what you do when you find like logic. <laughs> <laughs> but like yeah, so he but. It's basically like he's like this heathen that's turned against religion, like favourite signs, because like we're about time, you know, it's been not like, just prior to like the Industrial Revolution and stuff, like mm-hmm. Civil War. So I think it's like, you know, the religion versus science thing's a big part of it. But I think maybe that's the only theme in the film that you could actually argue about, because the rest it is just like hallucinogenic so imagery. I, I, and I, like I got it where they went in their fields, there was mushrooms. And then the rest is just a trip. I mean, I think that's a theme, and then the rest is. I genuinely do think they were just gone for the experience, no logic, just like making an experience. Because I, it was also influenced by, you know, Ben Wheatley used to take mushrooms. So he just wanted to give a kind of midnight drug movie that people could watch and. I don't think it was. I didn't think, like, I didn't watch it and think. I didn't get the mushroom thing. I get it that I read it in the back or when he was told me or whatever, but when I was watching it, I didn't think them tripping was quite as clear to me. Like the, the, I think they took the mushrooms and then they were all pulling the rope, and then the, that went on for ages in slow motion, and then it just stopped. I'm thinking, were they tripping then, or they tripping now? I can't really tell. I just think that's the point. It just flips. Aye. All the imagery just flips, and it's like yeah. now you don't know what side it are you on. No, it, it just stops making sense completely. You no, know? it doesn't make sense. I've watched it. I've watched it all now just to try and make sense. I've seen parts I just got lost in, oh, yeah. and I just think what happened, but. I've come out of this and I've not really gained anything. Have you tried watching it mushrooms? <laughs> I've, I've never even tried mushrooms yet. Well, that's what we should do. We should try watching it on watch mushrooms. mushrooms. Yep. If you sell mushrooms, then uh, <laughs> get in touch with Glasgow Alex. Let us know. There was a see at the end of this movie when they saw Zach kind of shoot themselves or shooting each other. The uh, the graphics and that were pretty pretty bang. Like when he shoots in the leg and his leg just snaps off and that, that was pretty what good. I, I enjoyed it. That was 
right, they're all refugees from some sort of civil war, so they get away from the war because they don't agree with it, and at the very end, they can't find anything better than shooting themselves, <laughs> like shooting each other. Profound. Very profound. It's like that's probably the most profound thing I'll ever say in this podcast. <laughs> I was pretty deep. <laughs> but when, I, when I was watching it, I had to... Um, Long was out, and that's why I was having to do diamond. So anyway, but I was watching it, and uh, I had the, I had the, <laughs> I had the, the volume up for bung, and I had the uh, the bass straight up in my sound system, and the drums were like proper, like fucking, and it was like really good then. And then so you know at the end when they, when it was like the sounds kind of goes out slightly, and then it comes back in with the gunshot. It was really really like proper loud. Like I don't know have any words to describe how fucking booming it was in my in my telly, and I was like that's really good. Like it, it was not. It was hot ear ears. Maybe I just not too loud. I don't know. <laughs> but it was uh, the sound quality was cracking. And the the one I watched, the version I watched. I so enjoyed that. I mean, I thought it was like visually stunning. Like cinematography was. Uh, I mean, I, I loved the black and white. I mean, they done it for like budget reasons. And, like you actually found let's see like um like the scene where it was getting all like you know like some of the wider shots and that. They actually got them because like they bought like you know like. So I don't I actually know nothing about cameras, but like basically they get stuff out of pound stretcher to like film oh, yeah, some of that stuff. Like a twenty quid lens or something. Uh, uh, no, I but, and like they were just like you know a lot of that was recorded really cheap, like just be like drilling out parts of cameras and like installing like new lenses. It, it, it looked different. Some of it actually looked like you know just like kaleidoscopy. Uh, it was weird. It was it was visually weird. Just it was just a complete experiment in a film really because. Didn't really make much sense, but it, but it, but it looked cool. And they, they released it at cinema online and uh, on film four at the exact same time. It was the first film to ever do that. And folk were going, "Oh, I'll probably lose money." But I think Ben Wheatley said that if it was Iron Man three, I they would lose money if it was some big budget. Three hundred thousand. I when it comes out like that, then do you know what? If you release it in five cinemas in England. Only so many people got to see it, whereas you release it, film four, release it, everyone does it the same day. There's more chance of folks seeing your film, yeah. especially something as weird as this. It's also one of the films that people like to watch movies differently, so they'll pick how they want to watch it. And then it's also one of the movies that you watch, you think, I need to watch that again, again. to know <laughs> if it's happening. Once I bought it, I read the reviews mm-hmm. going, Oh, you need to watch it a few times. I was like, Well, I might as well buy it. <laughs> I mean, still don't know what's happening. <laughs> I mean, I still don't know what's happening here. I'm going to watch it again tonight just to actually listen to what you've said before. Is any of that true? Or is I, this just bamming just, up? Just come on, pretend he's this expert, but just talk him <laughs> shite. <laughs> Get him a west and he'll just talk all sorts of pish. <laughs> <laughs> We've known that about you for years. I know. What would you give it, Scott? I'm giving it um, six. I don't have a. I, I genuinely thought there'd be more Scott Rance out of this film, but I'm surprised here. Six mushrooms. Uh, do you know what? I, I found it that um, I'm back. Just preoccupied <laughs> with his whip duties. I'm, I'm being, uh, I'm being like kind and giving it six. And it, do you know it was, it was more so because I didn't have a fucking scoop what the hell was going on to know anything really to say about it. So I don't. I've wrote a couple of things down here, but they don't even really make much sense after you explained the other, the other, the other parts. So. So many films about it, so it's just about the experience. I get the impression if you watch this in drugs, it'd probably be really amazing. That I seems mean, to be the theme of the most of the movies we talk about. We decide we can watch it again on drugs. Imagine Falaster or mushrooms. Oh, I've never tried mushrooms to know this, but I think it'd be great. I tried mushrooms <laughs> twice. <laughs> Once in Amsterdam, and I thought, 
we were in the hotel room and we were watching punks. I thought Ashton Kutcher was coming at me at the TV <laughs> and I thought all the beds were boats. And I did my first ever handstand <laughs> because I couldn't touch the water. And then the second time was in Thailand. So you think it's Ashton Kutcher? Look, I want to touch this water so I can fucking drown. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to that aggressive when I'm on mushrooms. And I did it in Thailand. And I thought, we were in the water, and I thought the Super Mario and Luigi had come out of the water, but it was two wee Thai boys with Super Mario and Luigi hats, soaking as they walk with us. And I started tripping balls and I didn't know what was going on. I freaked the fuck out. And after that, I thought, damn it. So again, if you sell mushrooms around the Atlantic, should we just... Repeating that pattern, I used to. I don't want a book about it. I wrote a book about it. That's it for the Ben Wheatley experience. Um, what do you think of it? What do you, what's your opinion on Ben Overall, Wheatley? I, I thought I was going to like Sightseers the best first, uh, but after watching them I'd probably say it'll be Kill List, Sightseers, then Field in England. That's sort of the three that we've watched. I would say that he's an interesting director because those three movies are completely different. They're not, you know, it's not like you've seen one, you've seen them all, they're completely different. Just give him a go, I'd say. Well, I think he's like a proper tour. Every movie he's released has divided people completely. You know, they're so different, you know, he doesn't repeat himself, he's got like a vision, he doesn't really care, he's not generic whatsoever, and you know, he's got to be like the rest of his career, like, people got to love or hate his movies, and I like that about him, you know, he's actually making movies that are interesting, so even if you hate him, you probably will want to see what he's got in store next, and I think he's the greatest thing to come out of Britain since, like, probably... Me? Liam Rafferty <laughs> or, or Stanley Kubrick you know who's not quite as good as Liam <laughs> but yeah uh, well obviously you know, he's, he's my favourite guy a bit really I, I, do, I love him I think as you say everything is so different and he does it kind of what he wants to make but he's obviously a genre fan yep. all his movies lend to say The Wicker Man or all different films and it's I like that the same as the Connecticut trilogy where you're watching it going oh that's from such and such that's from such and such I, I really <laughs> I hope you picked that up probably leave, leave that bit in uh, sorry it's so genre specific that it's interesting because you know he's just one of you he's one of the yeah. fans Aye. and I like that about him I definitely I want to see what's his new one High Rise High Rise is a masterpiece I, yeah I really want to see it's High Rise it's a masterpiece it's, def- it's his most mainstream film but you can really call it mainstream because it's so weird I'm also looking forward to re-watching Phil in England Are you, you re-watch it and tell me if it's worth re-watching and I'll maybe think about re-watching it if someone comes and sells us mushrooms. <laughs> uh, right. right, might do a, a conspiracy, conspiracy corner. corner. <laughs> right. Uh, this week on the Conspiracy Corner, we are talking about a YouTube video that surfaced around about 2007 or 2009, I believe, and it's uh, called I Feel Fantastic. Now, I Feel Fantastic is a video about an android named Tara singing I Feel Fantastic. I feel fantastic. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> they say that the person who made this video is a serial killer. He killed his victims and used their clothes to dress the robot. The video also shows the location where the bodies are buried around the 150 mark. 
and he hated the fact that his victims cried so much that he was when he was killing them. They had the robot sing that he feel, they feel fantastic, which is what he wanted his victims to say when he murdered them. There's uh, someone somewhere it said that the story was about this, you know, that created this story because the original guy who uploaded the video just uploaded the video and nothing else, uh, and then someone created like suggested this story afterwards. Um, I've no idea how true the story is, but what I can say is that nobody is, seems to talk about the origin of this video whatsoever. Now, we'll show here in the video, and uh, see if he's got any reaction to it, and see what he thinks. In all fairness, I don't buy it. <laughs> I, I could say I've killed a bunch of folk, and then just tell folk that nobody knows. <laughs> They tried to trace who uh, actually put it up. Aye. The, I, the IP address was untraceable. I it to talk. Because <laughs> <laughs> basically, it's going to be shit. <laughs> I mean, like, if you can buy drugs off the dark web and not find out who's in it, you can, this fucking idiot can upload his dolls. If he's been through all that's just, you know, a composer. You know what I think? Where the fuck did this black jump come from? That's one of his victim's clothes. Bill shits, he's Moz clothes. That's pretty freaky. Aye, he's killed for. See, that's that's the that's the reaction we're expecting. Fuck, there's a woman in that. That's a woman who's put plastic on her face, maniacs now. Holy fuck. Popcorn on a ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> Just it does it does get creepy. The explanation is Scotted, there was no explanation to see when you watch this video, he just uploaded it. He never put any explanation, he just put the video up. It's only like, oh, folk have explained that he went, oh that's probably where he buried the bodies. Oh his Bebo pals. <laughs> <laughs> This is quite creepy. See producing the tunes as well. Not as fast as I Because it sounds like um, it sounds like Scooter. <laughs> what I want to say about this video is that when I was researching this, when we watched it the last time, I showed Liam and uh, Lauren and Lena we were inside the house, we were drinking, and I put it up on the telly in 50 inches and turned the volume up, and it freaked them out because I told them the story beforehand. I thought it was fucking. Yeah, it, it was quite creepy, isn't it? But then, see I this. Think could sleep. This time, when I when I looked up to get the link to to show Kieran today, uh, there's lots of uh, explanation videos and blog stories about, and it's uh, I think it's been debunked as complete nonsense. So I just want to say that they are out there. Uh, we're not completely dumb to think that there's no explanations out there, but I like to think that it is a serial killer and it's creepy as fuck. We will post a link to this video in the descriptions of this episode so you will be able to see it yourselves. We should keep the listeners updated. The guys that were shouting earlier, William's left because he's too old for this shit. I mean, His dad's left William and they've generally just walked out of the pub. It's Wednesday afternoon, <laughs> court didn't go well. <laughs> but I, I feel fantastic. I thought it was fucking terrifying. That was quite creepy, aye? I was quite, uneasy about it. It was quite creepy after Scott had told me that story, I mean. <laughs> I mean, a puppet in a room. <laughs> and then all that popcorn in the wall. <laughs> it's no, because it's weird. I mean, it's, there's no explanation or no no reason it, it, or rhyme or reason that. for it. That's the point. See, if we when you watched it, if we explained to you that there genuinely is no explanation, they can't trace it. The fact they just filmed the garden, 
Aye, which it's they say around about the 150 mark, yeah, that's the garden, and they say the that's garden. where the victims were buried. Ian, that there's two stoners out there somewhere that are just laughing <laughs> at all of this. Because you hear that story about a sale car and they're genuinely just filming some leaves. Yeah, this, and you're, you're thinking there's a fucking body in there. There's, there's, um, there's six million views on that video. <laughs> Six million people have viewed this, or it's been viewed six million times. And six million people still I mean, don't know what it is. I mean, have the authorities actually tried like, tracing the, where the address came from? I don't think the, there was enough evidence to suggest that the, the story is true. Which I mean, kind of it's, it. it's probably completely harsh, yeah, but even if it is, in all fairness, of could they just sound really weird? And if you watch it late at night, see in the dark. Right. Ah, it's freaky. I mean, the tunes pretty freaky. It says, I feel fantastic. And then it says, uh, the next one's uh, Please Run. Please run. I guarantee there's an insane clown posse song where it's sampled in. <laughs> oh, I've got all oh, their back catalogue. Oh, well. I know my oh, insane well. clown posse. Well, I gave up in what, 2006 or something? After the great Malenko, I wasn't uh, yeah. interested. No, I, well, I off homies. <laughs> Next week on uh, Conspiracy Corner, we're going to be bringing to you the other crazy YouTube video, possibly in Michigan. Is that what we're we going to do? That? I think we're going to. Are we going to do the, the girl in the well? The insane coin posture from Michigan. Try to link things. It's not your podcast. Just be taking over there. Just try to juggle up. <laughs> I think we need to do possibly Michigan because I think that's that's weird and creepy. I don't as fuck. Next week we do two conspiracies. Say, I'm up for it. It's episode ten. Why don't we just build it up? It's two do, you enjoy, do you enjoy the conspiracy corner fish? I do enjoy the conspiracy corner. Especially I see the one about the clowns. Oh, the killer clowns? Aye, the killer right? clowns, because I grew up in that. And, and you knew them? Aye, that, 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 that was fucking horrifying exactly. back in the day. They were real? I still don't believe it. Uh, the, we generally, it was scary to go into, like, you know, there was like, a field and some trees, and it was just scary to get around there. That them. is where they lived, eh? See, I got my village just outside Airdrie. We never had killer clowns, we just had giant paedophiles that wore normal clothes. Well, like the, the killer clowns are a bit freakier than the paedo. <laughs> <laughs> We'd have took a paedo or they thought the killer clowns. Well, how, <laughs> on, that note. on that note, how does it feel about us breaking your podcast virginity? Well, technically you didn't break my virginity. This was like, no eyes of a fisher and wedding crashers. <laughs> it's like, well, it, she'd been shagging a bit. But telling Vince Vaughn she was a virgin. Well, I'd been podcasting about an auction last week. <laughs> but you know, I wanted you to think that I hadn't been because you know I wanted to settle you doing. Do you know that? You stuck to me. Fucking, I thought there was a distinct lack to hymen about Chris. So, so I'm basically just a podcasting slut. <laughs> And I will tell MD what they want to hear from me going on the podcast. They were sad about your weepy tears as they were breaking in. Yeah, I, I thought so that was not genuine. It wasn't real tears. I was groaning under yeah. my, my breath. But I really enjoyed myself and thank you for having me on. <laughs> will you come back on? I will love to come back on. <laughs> if you still have me. Because God knows how this is going on. <laughs> you see what happens. <laughs> Why put you in a knife fight with that guy that's going mental over there and well, see what happens? I mean, I feel like maybe this has been an unmitigated disaster because I'm feeling tipsy, but I still know oh, you're making up stories about Asia or Gentle. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Well, I can't fucking do That shows you've done your research first, right? Man? <laughs> I, I have genuinely listened to every episode. That's a lot of research. So you're the guy. <laughs> I, I am that guy. <laughs> So, so on that note, yeah. that brings us to an end. 
As always, you can get us at the usual channels if you've got anything to say about the movies we discussed, if you've watched them, if you've got any suggestions of movies that we should watch, uh, contact us at scottandliamversusevil at hotmail.com. Get us on Twitter at scottandliamversus. On Facebook, like us at forward slash scottandliamversusevil. Check out uh, That's Not Current. Yeah, that's my upcoming website dedicated to complete nonsense that we use will all enjoy because that's why we do this. We'll, we'll he's like things. this, he's all like that. Yeah. <laughs> and with that, I'm going to play the buggies. <laughs> that's a bye from me and a... Bye from fish. <laughs> Cheers, guys. <laughs>